in order to reimagine that, I said co-creating, and there's, in order to be, reimagine that, a variety of diverse people have to show up fully as themselves. Welcome to Culture Coach, a podcast with me, Nikki Lerner, helping you to engage in a proactive movement towards unity and understanding as it relates to culture and come from. Thanks for joining me today. You ready to go? Let's get started. Hey, thanks again so much for listening. You know, I wanted to create a space each week where you and I can learn about different cultures and come froms in a safe, non-threatening, non-embarrassing environment. I hope you enjoy this podcast. For more creative resources and ideas, you can engage with me at NikkiLearner.com. Everybody, welcome to the Culture Coach Podcast. I am delighted that you decided to hang out with me uh, today and one of my favorite people in the world on the planet. Um, I have said to many of you before that I love doing interviews because what it helps me realize is that I know a lot of amazing people. And uh, really, I mean, I've known that before. But now it just helps me be able to share all of the amazing people that I know with the rest of you. Uh, And so I love being able to make that connection. Uh, These are people that you guys need to know and need to hear from. Uh, Some of the best thinkers, some of the best doers with regards to multicultural work and life, whether inside of a business, inside of an organization, inside of a faith community, wherever it is. Uh, It's all just extremely accessible for you. So with that being said, I want to introduce you today to one of my best friends. And like I said, one of my favorite people on the planet, Josh Davis. And I'm going to let Josh introduce himself in a minute. Um, But what I'm going to say about Josh is you just, you need to know him and uh, you need to know his work. So Josh, welcome to the podcast. And why don't you tell uh, my listeners uh, a little bit about Uh, who you are. Nikki, I'm so excited to be here with you today. And, uh, you know, we say often, we just look for any excuse we can find to just hang out with one another. So thanks for letting me hang out with you on this podcast. Um, Hello, everyone who's listening. My name is Josh Davis, and uh, I call myself a bicultural or a multicultural person myself. Um, I spent some of my growing up years in the United States and also some of my growing up years in the Dominican Republic. Uh, speaking Spanish. So I've got task-oriented culture, relationship-oriented culture all inside me, uh, fighting for space. Sometimes it gets along pretty well, sometimes it doesn't. I can be both time and event-oriented. I currently live with my wife and my four kids in the most diverse square mile in the United States, uh, just outside of Atlanta, Georgia, a little town called Clarkston. And uh, refugees from all over the world have been resettled here in Clarkston. We moved here intentionally uh, because this is where we want to be, and this is where we want to raise our family, and this is the community that we want to invest in and grow old with. So, um, yeah, that's a little bit about me. That's awesome. So there's, I'm going to take the time, and I think uh, the listeners will appreciate, to pull apart so many of the layers uh, that is who you are, Josh. All right. That sounds a little painful, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, probably a little painful. Um, mm, I can handle it. 
I know you can. Um, so talk to me about Just Josh. Um, I just want to know about Just Josh Davis, not necessarily connected to some of the formal work that you do, although we'll get there. But mm -hmm. tell me about the work uh, of Just Josh Davis. Well, Just Josh, that phrase actually came to me a couple of years ago. I was... Um, actually had rediscovered an old dream of mine, which was to hike the Appalachian Trail. I wanted to do that right after I graduated college, but my mom was diagnosed with cancer. And so I came home instead to give her some care and be with her in that process. And I'd forgotten that dream. It had been on the back burner for a few years and then it just was completely forgotten. Anyway, I was hiking the Appalachian Trail and there was this period of um, inclement weather and all the hikers that knew what they were doing, which was not me, they were like, you got to get off the trail. And I uh, ended up in this cabin with these three guys for two days, that, these guys I had never met before. And they only knew me as Josh. They didn't know my last name. They didn't know I was a pastor. They didn't know that I'm a songwriter or a creative person. They didn't know about my wife or my family. They just were engaging with Josh. And I realized I didn't have any other spaces in my world where I could be just Josh. I had all of these titles and roles and uh, began to pay attention to my soul, which I believe to be the essence of who I am, apart from all those titles and roles. And as I began to do that, it was so rich and life-giving for me. And I realized a lot of us could benefit from some time and energy spent focusing on our souls and the deep parts of who we are. We live a lot of life on the surface and it's quicker and it's easier, but there's a lot of richness that we're missing. So that's uh, how I started the work of Just Josh. I like to help people engage with their own souls in creative ways, engage with the people around them in creative ways, and also engage with God in creative ways. Hmm, that's awesome how how many of us I love, I love when you were saying this you know how many of us are uh so defined by the roles in which we exist in and play by um and the rules that yeah. come along with those roles yeah um that we could all do some good just to remember that we are you know uh, just Susan, just Dante, just Keisha, just Nikki, just David. Um, that's a, a really beautiful concept. Yeah. And I think too, we not only do roles define us, but our culture, we often use that as a definer, um, even our gender. And who are you beyond being female? And who are you beyond being African-American? And who are you beyond being a culture coach and a speaker and a musician? Like there is an essence of you that is really important. Uh, and I like to make space to find that myself and help others find that. Yeah, I, I really enjoy or have enjoyed, I think the last year or two, uh, because uh, really once I was aware of it, that when I would go and like speak at a conference or speak to a group or meet somebody at a networking event or, you know, something like that. And usually our first question is, so what do you do? Yeah. And I, uh, in the last couple of years would start that response with, well, I'm going to tell you a little bit about who I am. And then that will actually give context to, to what I do. I've heard you do that before and it's yeah. disarming and it's uh, really beautiful. Like there's this moment where people are going, Hmm, why, why don't we introduce ourselves that way more often? 
Yeah, so sometimes when I start with, so I prefer the beach to the mm -hmm. mountains. Mm -hmm. You know, I like coffee. I like long conversation. I like uh, authenticity and laughter uh, and a little irreverence. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, here's what my background is in. This is what I do. Those kinds of things. Right. Um, just starting with uh, the phrase I like to say, human to human. Yeah, it's very humanizing, right? Um, to see yourself that way, to introduce yourself that way, and then to give others the space to do the same. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I love that. Um, and later on, I'm going to I'm ask you to tell people where to find your Just Josh work okay. uh, a little at the end. Um, but thanks for that. So Just Josh, uh, tell us about the work that you do uh, with Proscaneo Ministries. I would love to. Uh, my wife and I started Proscaneo back in 2001. So we're coming up on our 20 year anniversary, which is kind of hard to imagine. Um, and Proscaneo is all about Jesus-centered, multicultural worshiping communities. Um, really the work of diversity within a Christian faith context. And so many of our churches are segregated. In fact, Martin Luther King Jr. said, you know, the most segregated hour of the week is 11 a.m. on Sunday mornings. And I, that just grieves me. Um, that makes me incredibly sad uh, on so many levels. But for one, just all that we're missing out on because we segregate along the lines of race and culture and language. Um, and so Proscaneo does a lot of work with faith communities and with um, leaders, especially to help reimagine what community could look like when people from different cultures can come together as equals in mutuality. They don't have to check their culture at the door and assimilate to some sort of dominant expression or dominant culture, but can co-create a beautiful community. Mm, that's awesome. Can you can you just lean in for a second about uh, could you describe what it means to reimagine a multicultural community? And if you could go even one step further uh, for people even that are listening, uh, that maybe they're trying to do that in their organization or their nonprofit uh, or even in their business life. Uh, can you put some language around? what it looks like, and even maybe what it takes to reimagine multicultural community and work? Mm. Well, there's a lot there, but I think the first thing that comes to mind is in order to reimagine that, I said co-creating, and there's, in order to be reimagine that, a variety of diverse people have to show up fully as themselves um, and have to respect one another and lead and follow one another, have to offer their gifts generously, their culture generously. And when we start to do that, then we can reimagine together what us looks like. Um, and that's actually one of the connections I think between my just Josh work and my Proskinea work is I want to help people show up fully as themselves and figure out who they are at their essence so that when they come into a diverse community, they don't just feel this pressure to assimilate, but they can freely offer who they are. And so then as we do that, and as we take turns leading and following one another, um, 
you know, real practical ways. Uh, this past week on our staff, we have an artist who is one of our staff members. And I said, it's your turn to lead staff meeting. Do whatever you want to do. Um, I coached her through some thoughts and asked her some questions, but then just gave her free reign. And so the next thing you know, our accountant financial director who does not do anything visual or artistic at all in his life is drawing and creating this depiction of where he's at in his life and in his mind. And then he's sharing his drawing with everyone else on our staff. And those kinds of things just don't happen unless we reimagine new ways. First of all, the artist doesn't usually get to lead staff meeting in most organizations, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, but then when they do, maybe we say, well, here are the boundaries, right? But loosening some of the boundaries, inviting people to show up as themselves and offer their best selves to the community, um, and then taking turns leading and following. Those are all important factors, I think, in that reimagining. Yeah, it can be really, really interesting. I even see in my own life, um, whether that's just culturally or me as just a person, that things that individually we may term as normal, uh, particularly leadership styles, given the models of what we have seen. Come on uh, now. This point, particularly in the United States, um, the kinds of person you think about when you think leader yep. um, usually does not include uh, creative people. Nope. People who are heart-centered, highly emotional, um, a little less linear um, event oriented, right. Uh, typically type of person. Yeah. Typically our idea of leader in the United States is your, your quintessential or your stereotypical white male, right? Rational, logical, um, polo shirt and khaki. All, exactly. <laughs> and always knows what to do, or if they don't know what to do, they pretend they know what to do because we, we actually have a hard time with our leaders, not knowing what to do. Um, but anyway, that's for another story for another day. But yeah, exactly. And so reimagining even what leadership looks like. Yeah, that's awesome. I love, um, one of the things I really appreciate, I mean, I appreciate so many things about your work, um, but encapsulating so much of it is, I feel like your work uh, is such an invitation um, that's the word that comes to my mind today, invitation, mm -hmm. uh, hospitality, mm -hmm. those things, just the, the invitation into all kinds of things, as you mentioned, the invitation into being oneself, uh, the invitation to explore oneself, mm. uh, as well as one's community or one's uh, gathering or organization, um, and the hospitableness of uh, making space for humans to just show up uh, and just be. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's what in, in, in a corporate world and organization world, they would call soft skills. Right. Which is the worst so demeaning. terminology right. ever, right? It yes. is so demeaning because I would say right now in 2020, when we're recording this, those things are the things that we need the most. Right. Um, and that uh, people, leaders in particular, tend to overlook um, for, you know, in exchange for uh, head-centered 
thinking and a lot of knowledge and a lot of degrees and a lot of, you know, these kinds of things, things more tangible that we can point to, to say, well, we're okay. Right. Well, when was the last time you saw on a job description for a CEO, we want someone who can be empathetic and we want someone who can, you know, um, connects well with people, right? No, those are not what we're asking for. And so they're not what we're making space for. And so that we're not what we're getting either. Yeah. Yeah. A skill is a skill, right? I don't know who determined that it was hard or soft. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you talked about invitation. And I think um, I've heard it said that the soul is really shy, that a person's truest essence is actually quite shy, almost like a wild animal, like a deer. You don't go tramping through the woods yelling, hey, soul, come out here, get out here. Like it's not going to show up. Um, and it takes that gentleness and that invitation and also this willingness to wait and to be quiet, um, to make space and not know what's going to happen in order for some of those things to show up. Josh, why do you care so much about this work? Why do you care so much in particular about how, what you described your work to be, uh, that, that that expression is done in a multicultural uh, expression of people and of life? Because you could have chosen the same kind of work and not have it be within the context of culturally diverse life right? It could have just yeah. been for people. But why does this matter so much to you? It's deeply personal. And the best way I can say that is, um, I mentioned in my introduction that I'm a bicultural person. Um, I realized when I moved back from the Dominican Republic, I realized that there was no space that I could show up in, that I didn't have to choose whether I was going to be white American or Dominican. Like I could go to some Dominican spaces and I could go to some white American spaces. But there was no space I could show up in where I could be both of those things. And both of those are authentically part of who I am and a true expression of my identity. Um, so it's deeply personal. It's also deeply personal because I have some really good friends. Most of my friends come from different cultural backgrounds than me. And I want like all of us, I want to be together with my friends. I want my friends and I to be welcome in the same spaces. I want to create spaces uh, together with my friends that give us the ability to be authentically who we are. Um, And then I just also look around the world and I see the fractures and the division and the fear of the unknown um, that I've had to work through in my own life, kind of getting thrown out of my culture into a new culture and learning how to adapt and all of that. Um, and I've seen so much beauty and richness as I've gotten to push past those fears, um, and actually connect with people who are other than me and find at the same time, we're also human. We share that together. That's really good. Thanks for that. Hmm. Oh, so much. I mean, you and I know we could talk for hours and we hours. We could. We have. Days. We have about these things. And we will. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank you for all that. That's that's really great. I think um, I know what we've been trying to do on the Culture Coach podcast uh, is just trying to help people have a framework or to start to establish a framework for how they could see 
the vision of multicultural work and life in their mm -hmm. own space, um, even in the most smallest or most tangible ways. Um, and I love that what uh, you model as a person, but also what Proscaneo models so much is just uh, really the fact that it doesn't take much to make space for people. Uh, and their uh, either cultural come from or just economic come from or whatever it is. It does sometimes it doesn't take much. And most of what we have right now is everything we need in order to take the first step. Absolutely. Words that thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Um, I am uh, so grateful for the work that you do, both as Just Josh um, and Proskineo. Um, I know for me, as a leader, uh, it has been such a core foundation of so much of my own work uh, over the last, what, 20, I don't know, however long we've known each other, mm -hmm. <laughs> some years, right? Um, and it's just been, it's just been so important. So um, I just bless you for that. And I'm, I'm grateful that you would step into that uh, for on behalf of human beings in general, um, and for for you and I, knowing that, um, and I was actually thinking about this the other day, knowing that there's a chance we won't we will not see the promised land, so to speak, right. uh, in our lifetimes. And I, I'll never forget uh, a mutual friend of ours said that once. Uh, actually, Andrew Thomas. Did he really? Yeah, hmm. he did. In uh, from Harrisburg, PA. Hmm. And um, I'll never forget he said that. And I was so angry mm. when he said that. Just, you know, my personality. I was just mm. so angry. Like, no, no, we will gonna see, see it. We go see it. You know, we go see it now. But, I'll, you know, getting older and more mature, you realize that you, you actually just get to be a part of this beautiful process of becoming right um, on the earth. Uh, and I think it helps. Although I still want to see it in my lifetime, I hear you. Be honest, uh, I also know that the work that that we are doing is a small piece of a much bigger tapestry mm -hmm. that is being woven um, for uh, humankind. Yeah, I often talk about the glimpses, right, that we catch um, of what beautiful community and diverse community can look like and feel like. And I don't know about you, but if I'm honest. I'm catching more frequent glimpses. Uh, they're coming more frequently. They're coming, they're staying for longer. The glimpses are a little bit longer than they used to be. Um, that's not to say I'm also seeing increased dissonance and challenge, right? But I am grateful for the glimpses that are more frequent than they used to be. Hey, thanks so much for making the time to listen. If you like the insight today, tell your friends and be part of the newsletter at NikkiLearner.com. Remember, it takes that first decision to realize your vision for a more generous, multicultural life. I'll see you next week.